Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. My apologies for this episode being um, a little late. This, this uh, We had some technical difficulties uh, regarding laptops and not being able to record or access episodes, which I trusted um, for last week because I had just gotten back from Italy and... Uh, was very much um, sort of all over the place, but um, now there's a lot more grounding. <laughs> so I'm delighted to be able to share this episode with uh, this interview with all of you. Um, I'm not going to be doing a lesson episode this month because of the shift in timing with the episodes, but I will most likely talk about Gemini energy in the monthly medicine episode as I usually do. And also, as many of you know, the magician, which is ruled by Mercury, which is Gemini's ruling planet, and the lovers, which is ruled by Gemini, are both cards that I've talked about multiple times on the podcast. So if you're curious and you'd like to know more about those energies and how to work with them, they are definitely represented for you in the podcast. Um, and next week, we'll do monthly medicine. So without further ado, I'd love to get to my guest. So this guest and I this is very special because this guest uh, is somebody that I love and cherish. She's one of my best and dearest friends um, and somebody that I have an incredibly good time with no matter when we get together. Um, she's also somebody that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a while because her embodiment of uh, the card that we're going to talk about today, Eight of Pentacles, is really um, so robust, so um, illuminated, so clear. And I really think that anybody who um, considers themselves hard worker, hustler, go-getter, um, Jessica just just she brought the heat in this episode <laughs> in terms of advice, wisdom, uh, learned, lessons, like just so much beautiful goodness. So my guest for the podcast today as our embodiment of Eight of Pentacles is Jessica Goldfond, creator and um, director and founder of The Shiny Squirrel and of Rainbow Unicorn Birthday Surprise. So I'm going to chat a little bit about Jessica and The Shiny Squirrel, which is... Um, had a number of really powerful transformations, her business, the shiny squirrel. So the shiny squirrel started from a blog that Jessica began in 2006 and it was launched out of her Brooklyn apartment. Um, it originally operated as a direct to consumer sales service where Jessica acted as publicist and brokerage firm for a roster of fine artists, clothing designers, and jewelry craftsmen. And in 2009, Jessica made Shiny Squirrel her full-time job, took the leap, never looked back, and opened her first dedicated office and showroom in on Broadway and Bleecker in Manhattan. She works with dozens of clients around the world. She helps to develop brands, grow sales numbers, create su successful mass media and social marketing campaigns. Um, she works with emerging fashion brands, helping these designers to build scalable businesses and um, foundational skills. She personally represent, represents about two dozen active clients. She's given lectures on PR innovation, the DIY basics of brand development. She, uh, created Rainbow Unicorn Birthday Surprise, which, um, 
is just the most delightful, beautiful, um, creative expression of a company. It's just such a good time. It's beautiful. Um, and Jessica is a wonderful example of eight of pentacles for a couple different reasons. So when we're working with the energy of the eight, we're working with the idea of starting one way and becoming another way over time. And already we've talked about how the shiny squirrel, her business has gone from being a blog to um, changing shape over time now is the representation of her work, of her showroom, Jessica's, that is. And in the eights of the tarot, we change. Specifically in the eight of pentacles, it's about moving from apprenticeship to mastery through dedicated, consistent hard work. Um, it's basically the card equivalent of memorization for a test that there is a lot of beauty about, um, a lot of beauty about not taking shortcuts, although some shortcuts can be great, <laughs> but really, um, in our own way, because hard work looks different to everyone. And, you know, in our culture of like needing to be productive all the time, which is something that I'm really working on undoing myself, um, valuing what it is that we're tending, nurturing, creating, and allowing there to be space for us to grow within the creation of that is what Eight of Pentacles is all about. And so we learn in Eight of Pentacles, the fine art of doing the thing that we are doing enough so that eventually we become slowly and spiralically and not necessarily overnight. In fact, it's never overnight with eight of pentacles. We become masters in our field. We become people who have something to say, who build relationships, who build uh, businesses. And a lot of the um, emphasis on eight of pentacles is never giving up continuing again and again. And that really is something that Jessica has in a way that I don't know that I've never, I've ever maybe even met in anyone else. Her tenacity, her ability to follow through, her ability to stay on something, to be persistent in the right ways is an amazing thing. And the reason that she is where she is, um, she's also a wonderfully gifted astrologer and, uh, talks a little bit about that. And basically, um, is just such a wonderful representation of work and of working hard. And she also has a podcast that, uh, the date of which is TBA right now, but if you follow her and keep, uh, connected with her and her work, um, there will most definitely be an announcement for that at, uh, some point could be soon. It could be a little bit later. Um, and yeah, again, this, uh, episode is really a love letter to everyone who is working really hard to build something that they love. Jessica is just such a wonderful example of how to do that and how to not give up and how to create something amazing through hard work, dedication, and persistence. And it was such a delight to have her on. And you will see in the beginning of our episode that we, uh, have a good time. <laughs> There's a lot of banter at the top that I refuse to cut because again, it's part of the magic of our friendship and I hope you enjoy it. I also want to say that this may be the last uh, interview, embodiment interview episode I do 
for a while and thinking that it is time to transition from this to more lessons. Uh, we'll see, but it's certainly not for lack of loving it. Uh, it's just feeling that familiar pull to take the podcast in a different direction. So I'm delighted to present what might be the final, um, in this little series of embodiment interviews with Jessica as our embodiment of eight of pentacles. I hope you love it. Um, I hope that it enriches and inspires you for, uh, just the final note before we move into the, uh, into the episode. (laughs) Um, my, offering Nourishing the Wild Heart is still available. It'll only be open for enrollment until June 13th. So if you're interested in signing up for that to learn a little bit more about how you can embody the sweet cards of the tarot, um, it's gotten the most amazing feedback thus far. So if that's something that you are interested in or you hear a call for, it's only going to be open for about another two weeks and then it will be off, gone. Um, thank you so much. And without further ado, here is me and Jessica's conversation about Eight of Pentacles. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth. And I'm here with quite the beam of sunshine. <laughs> It's true. It's the best that you're looking across at me. I really am. <laughs> the table saying those things that I, I just know that I have this like really goofy smile on my face. Like, yes, yes. say more. <laughs> you're like, I'll receive it. Uh, I'm here for this. <laughs> it's true. Well, you are. And oh. like the sun is shining and the rainbows are going. It's beautiful. It, in here. it all feels right. It does. Um, We have on the podcast the amazing, incredible Jessica Goldfont founder of The Shiny Squirrel and of Rainbow Unicorn Birthday Surprise, along with many other things and our embodiment of Eight of Pentacles. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I mean, I feel like you are a longtime listener, basically first-time first caller. Time, first time. <laughs> I feel like we're on the Delilah show. I mean, I wish she, oh, I love her so much. So good. Yeah, right? She's always playing a Kim's Millennium like at 10 <laughs> o'clock at night as I'm like getting cat treats. There's like some guy calling me like, yo, I like left my girl, but I like want to send like a song to her. <laughs> and it's always like some Whitney Houston song. It's always Whitney Houston. You are you are nailing something so deep for me right now. I agree. She will get letters from people that are literally like my partner died of cancer. I have cancer. I my dog. My is dog camp. is my, my dog, <laughs> my dog is dying. And yeah. then she'll play like drops of Jupiter. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like nothing to yeah. do with anything. Also, if I have to hear that train song one oh, more time, my God. Remember there was a whole, I don't know if you ever watched singing shows, but like there was a whole string of like that mm. song was so popular on every singing oh, show. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. It's That's a, terrible. You, it was a triggering moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a lot of like, there's just been like a lot that, you know, I don't know. Like, it's very interesting. Like, I feel like singing shows, like it says a lot about what is being touted as popular mm. and then you know, and then the style of singing, like yes. I feel like there was a lot, there was a long time where it was just like the louder you could be. Yes. The or better like the you quirky, were. Like there's always like yes. the, the quirky white girl who like has like a hiccup in her voice and like, yeah. 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 Oh man. 
I got to Did you ever did you and I ever talk about the proposal that show on ABC that came on after The Bachelor? No. Oh, it was it was the best kind of worst TV. <laughs> and I talk about it like all the time with Chase, but it reminds me of singing show like reminds me of this new show where like the singer is like in the costume. Oh yeah, the masked masked yes. singer. It's like very similar in that like basically the proposal is about someone like in a hut that's like mm. not literally but like enclosed no one can see what they look like. And the whole point of it is to like ask the right questions and you possibly get engaged by the end of it. Oh. And it is Wait, like like is it like the bachelor where it's over several weeks or is it like 90 it's like one. an hour. It's an hour. Well, isn't that like 90 Day Fiance? Very similar. Yeah. But they're making conscious decisions. And it's like, yeah. so if there's a, because obviously there's like no same sex shit going on on that show. But if there's a woman inside of the hidden place, it's mm-hmm. all guys. The guys are asking her questions. She's asking them questions. But they don't see what she looks like until like the last second. Mm. And then she gets to choose between two. And they have to compete and propose better than the other one. It's shocking. It this show. Yeah, but I feel like but I've it's not seen, on anymore, right? It was only on for one season as like a special thing, but I enjoyed every minute. <laughs> I loved it so much. It's like real medicine for me. It's, it is. You're like these yahoos. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the only way to watch a show like that is to think that just like wow. Who? Who? Who and how In and what why? universe is this I, a normal yeah. way? Yeah. Yeah. But I can't really talk about I have done some weird dating things, so I can't really talk about. I mean, your journey. I mean, we're. I I feel like your your um, Instagram stories about your dating mm. foibles are honestly like a gift to yeah. all of us. <laughs> Do you want to share a little bit about that? <laughs> about my dating? Um, well, just like how you chose to come to a place where you were sharing things about. Oh, I think it's part of it is because I really wanted women to know that they were not alone in some of these things that happen so many times when I post conversations that I have or experiences that I have so many women write me and they're just like this guy blah 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 and it, you know I'm not saying that it's always the guy's fault because I think that women also like some guys tell me some crazy shit where women will just be like like within the first two minutes of having conversation, like how much do you make? And like, what do you, you know, mm. like, you know, and I guess that's whatever, but guy, like some of these conversations that I have are so, it's so shallow and it's, and yeah. it's like immediately about like wanting more photos mm-hmm. and, you know, what do you look like? And like, they never ask you any questions about yourself. They just want more and more information, like mm. more. I don't know what they're doing. Like, are you jerking off to it? Like, I don't <laughs> What exactly do you need? Like, what do you need? Like, you got a photo. Like, this right. is what it is. The end. Like, the, the end. The yeah. end. This is not the whole thing. It's right. So, like, I just think that a lot of times there's this weird entitlement that comes with it where it's like, oh, you, I deserve to get more from you. Like, I deserve more photos or more of this. And, yeah. um, and then when I've called guys out on it, it's like, well, this is a dating app. And like they don't see where there's anything wrong with <laughs> there's their a behavior. Problem with there's the, there's any wrong with the behavior. Oh, so um, weird. But yeah, I've been dating online for two years. Mm. It's been <laughs> it's been interesting. Uh, but it 
you know, I remain optimistic because I feel like that's really the only way I'm, I'm trying to go out and be social and, you know, but I know, I guess I look at other people, like my brother met his fiance on Tinder. Like there's a lot of people who meet other people. I just Mm -hmm. have not yet Yeah. in terms of that experience. But yeah, I do post a lot of my things and it's funny because no matter if I post all of my work, it doesn't matter, but people want to see me they want to hear my dating stories and they want to see me do a commentary on say yes to the dress. <laughs> I feel like that's how you and I really became. We really connected. I mean, that was like, that was the, that was the journey for us about like going into the forest and coming back as brethren yeah. because like yeah. you, for anyone, I, I'll tell the story about that. Yeah. I will. Um, and then I'll come back to what you were saying. Cause I feel like it's just the perfect segue to like your work ethic and just like mm. the spirit of so much of what you embody. But before I do that, say yes to the dress. <laughs> I, um, was teaching at Kripalu and it was in January of 2018. So a year and a couple months ago, you came with me cause we were allowed to have guests and I was teaching with Alexander Roxo and, Ruby Warrington and all these lovely people, Saudi Simone and Betsy. And um, you and I, I would like teach my one class and then you and I would go back to our double room and we would put say yes to the dress on your <laughs> laptop mm. and we would, and I mean like fully scream, like <laughs> scream and scream with laughter. Yeah. And um, I had never seen it before you showed me. Mm. I lost my mind. I led you down the path. You did. Mm. And I I had so much gratitude for it. <laughs> I really did. You, you know, I feel like it was a moment and... That was a hard time at Kripalu. Not because of the retreat, but because of like everything was going on with my brain at that time. Yeah. And it was just like, I didn't even you understand. needed levity. I, I needed levity more than I ever could have known. Well, we like... You finish the class, we would go into the, like that huge sauna, oh. like sweat it out, and then yeah. come back, take a nice bath separately. Not together, separately. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, together would have been fine too. It would have like, been whatever. fine. Yeah, um, it would have been fine. And then we would just watch that show. And it, it was, was so, so beautiful. Did we watch Pretty Woman? Oh, yeah. You showed me Pretty Woman for the first time. I. <laughs> you led me down so I, many first times, Jessica. I, I feel like we should have been together then. I know. That really would have completed <laughs> the intimacy. Completed, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but oh, my God. There's so much laughter. And we, for sure, we're, like, keeping everyone on the hall up. And yeah. I can't believe that no one complained about us. Yeah. Maybe they did, and I just didn't catch wind. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we needed it. And it was we so did. good. That show is so... Uh, it's, there's these horrifying moments with these women. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I've never been married, but I can't imagine I would ever be that well, person. I've been married, and my experience was really different than <laughs> say yes to the dress. Yeah. Like, really yeah. different. Be like, I want this $15,000 Vanina Tournay dress. And I want my father to approve of me in yeah. it before and I I'm get gonna, it. This is my only my my ceremony dress. I'm going to get an additional $7,000 reception dress. <laughs> I'm only going to wear each dress for seven minutes. I know. But I have spent $25,000. I think it's like when I watch shows like that, I know for so many people, like it disturbs them, it it upsets them. And I understand that. But I think for me, it's like so different that it's almost an escape from my life. 
Where I'm just like, can you imagine living a life where you can do a $15,000 just ceremony dress? There's just, I know there's so many things wrong with it, but yet it's just as much of a, it's, it's, there's some But it's very real real for those people. Absolutely. Which is why it's so. Yeah amazing it is and it, you know what's amazing i i always think about like the money versus the divorce rate in the United States. <laughs> like, is there somewhere like, a pie graph where like the more expensive the dress the higher the divorce yeah rate? yeah exactly and i i also think like i don't know i just i know being married is important to me um but the wedding is not so mm-hmm. i think about that a lot and like how that I don't know. There's just my favorite is when people and this is, of course, be the last thing, but like (laughs) just (laughs) go on about this. But it's like when they want to have like a sexy dress, like and it's like see through like Panina Tornay, it's all see through. And it's like you're at a wedding. Like I would want to be beautiful, not like like set like, oh, I like how I can see my entire body. Yeah. (laughs) I also I opted to go for more like, yeah, for something. But see. Weddings are really weird because I feel like unless you are really centered in yourself, Mm -hmm. your wedding is kind of the death of everything. It's the death of something. Mm. And it like brings up these weird things. Like unless again, like you probably will never have to go through this because you're like a woman who is very deeply rooted into herself. Who's had a lot of time to think about what you want Mm -hmm. There's no kind of youthful confusion and there's no desperation, you know, where I think sometimes the the ritual of that or the pressure of that, like I feel like every single thing I did with my wedding is like the opposite of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was still like, let's do that thing. Right. And I've often thought about like, we don't care enough about like just doing it over again and like yeah. kind of doing it. Because if I really, if I was getting married now to even my same partner, mm-hmm. We always talk about how we like we would go to City Hall mm-hmm. in just like probably something black. Yeah. Like it just and then have a dinner. Like yeah. it just wouldn't be anything. And then they go on an epic vacation. Yes. I am all about the epic yes. vacation. Yeah. And I understand. I totally respect like everyone's thing with their weddings are different. I get it. Like sometimes we have people paying for those weddings. We paid for our wedding and I still don't understand why we paid to not do it the way we wanted to do it. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not great. But anyway, I love, I'm assuming we will have many more of these segues (laughs) because they're like my favorite part about our relationship. But, you know, you mentioned something about dating that I think is a beautiful segue into kind of like the heart of what we're talking about, which is like you have the most amazing work ethic of Mm. pretty much anyone I know. And we talk a lot about that because my work ethic is very high and Mm. we're always kind of um, really like talking about like the blur, the line between like doing too much and giving yourself a break. Like we're always kind of doing that, but eight of pentacles is such an amazing card. And I'm so excited to see how it kind of flows in all its forms for you. And it's so beautiful that even in your desire to find your beloved, there's still this willingness (laughs) to like keep going Mm -hmm. until there is a connection or until there is something there. And I feel like you're just like unflappable, like ungiveupable. And I think that that's like an amazing part of your journey across the board. And Thank you. of course, and I kind of wanted to segue into the fact that you built your company 
your PR showroom, you do so much more than that, but your company, the shiny squirrel, literally from the ground up Mm -hmm. and you've been doing it for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And, um, part of what I would love that I think is just going to come organically from this interview is basically like really shining a light for folks who are doing this work and are kind of like, Oh, I don't want to do too much work too hard. Like I should have all the things set up before I start my thing. And of course we know like it doesn't work that way. Um, so I'd love to hear your story because I don't even think I've actually heard this story. Like how was the shiny squirrel kind of born? Like how did you decide that's what you wanted to do? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it all started. <laughs> Weave the tail. Um, I started my company from a blog that I started in, in April mm-hmm. of 2006. Oh so we're going on 13 years. Bon anniversary. <laughs> What? Fun anniversary. Oh, yeah. I'm like, huh? <laughs> what? We're also both from New Jersey, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, Continue. Sorry. No, so amazing. April so, of April 2006. I well, I went to school for art history. I'm from New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, as Lindsay said, and I got out of school and didn't really know what I was going to do. I didn't get into grad school. I was supposed to go to FIT for costume restoration and I got on the wait list and I kind of got out of it and I went to school for art history and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I went, uh, I was doing some temping and then um, a former friend of mine was working at uh, this mid-level size Missy clothing company in Midtown and she was like, there's a job for an assistant account executive opening. So I went in, I interviewed in December of 2005 and I got the job and it was fine. I worked there for four years, very like assistant account executive and then became assistant to the president and it was just it was soul sucking and it was, it (laughs) It was was not amazing. (laughs) No, it was amazing in the sense of like a good starter thing, you know, like I was making $42,000 a year and I ended up moving to, I live in Williamsburg. I've lived there since August of 2006. So it was a good stepping off point, but I think that if I never made the leap in one, in terms of what I was doing or, or wanted more for myself, maybe I would still be in that sort of realm and watching kind of like the fashion industry die around me. Um, so yeah, so I started my blog in 2006 and then I met this guy on line and he helped me start the shiny squirrel. And I always wanted to own an online art gallery. He lived in South Africa and that is a whole other story. Oh yeah. Um, but I always wanted to open a online art gallery. And in 2007, I started one and it was going well. I was selling um, art from emerging designers, like limited edition prints that were affordable. So, and then 2008 happening, the economy went to shit and basically no one was buying art anymore. And I just wondered like, what am I actually going to do with my life? And my mom has always called me the connector. And she's always said, I'm like a shark, like I kind of never stop moving. Mm. So at the time I moved in, I was still working at my former job and I got very fortunately, I got into this apartment that I'm still in now. I've been there for 10 years. It's like a rent stabilized apartment in Williamsburg, like super cheap, amazingly located. And I was just like, okay, I can never leave this apartment. Mm-hmm. And clearly I have not. So, <laughs> um, so I was working at this job and I kind of had like a come to Jesus moment in my apartment. And I remember thinking like, I'm never going to be able to leave 
working at this company if I don't start something else. And so mm. I was like, I should start an affordable PR company for emerging brands. And now at the time I was writing for a bunch of different websites like Flavor Wire and a couple of other things. And I'd interviewed, it was kind of just at the beginning of that like Brooklyn kind mm-hmm. of explosion that that was like a thing. So I was interviewing a bunch of different people for websites and I realized there was no affordable option for PR. Like no one, and it was just at the beginning of social media and the iPhone. Like that really wasn't a thing yet. This was like, between 2008 and 2010 and I realized that all of these designers didn't really know how to use this platform and like that was the way that they were going to sell their stuff Mm. so I started in August of 2009 I decided I was going to get myself fired from my job because I wanted my Cobra health insurance my unemployment because I knew that my apartment although expensive for me now was not going to be expensive for me in the future and that was like the one thing I needed to keep mm-hmm. and my mom was who I'm very close with was like well you can move home and I was like that's never gonna happen where I will die. yeah my eyes will bleed out before yeah. I move home <laughs> so I basically I had been promoted to assistant to the president and I told my old boss who I'm still talked to to tell him that he should fire me mm-hmm. and it took him about five months and finally, December 15th of 2009, he finally let me go. And it was like the best day of my life, basically. Mm. Um, I felt like this incredible sense of relief. And what I've been doing prior to that is just approaching a lot of different people and figured out who needed my help and working for people for free and offering a lot of different options to them and helping them to navigate social media. And so the shiny girl was kind of born from there. I started with nothing. I figured out how Condé Nast and Hearst wrote their emails and I just emailed people until they responded to me. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks. That's and then, some eight of pentacles shit right there. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I always, my motto was always, and still to this day, like you might not work with me now, but you will in the future. That's amazing. So <laughs> I, yes. yeah. So I, I got, fired and I basically hit the ground running after that so in December 2010 I figured out like my my niche which it's still I do some like clothing but my niche is generally jewelry and accessories and I was really a kind person and I was in which enabled me to like help different assistant stylists who then ultimately became big stylists in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. Um, I would send cards in the mail to people as they like move different jobs because people move a lot in the media industry. So yeah, it's just kind of grown from there and it's kind of the, my company has evolved. So I do PR and brand development, but I also do sales and now I do social media for people. And then, um, it's really changed. And so then mm-hmm. I opened a space in Nolita because I knew that stylists who I mostly work with will need to like come to my space and yeah. be able to pull things from, uh, to use for editorials or on celebrities or on TV and film projects. Mm-hmm. So, and you are always like, every time we talk, you're always like sending something out for some enormous shoot. You're literally, your stuff is always in magazines. You're always working in, And I know all of that was cultivated by you over the last like decade of just making connections. It's been a, it's been a long road, you know, it's, it's been, you know, working with assistants and letting them pull for test shoots and like knowing that those were the types of people that enable you to like get to a bigger stylist or, um, yeah, we're kind of, 
known now for what I do, um, especially like the industry in any sort of consumer goods, most mainly in, in retail and fashion has changed so much in the last mm. 10 years, like the way we get products and a lot of, um, businesses have closed or, or PR agencies have closed because they don't have clients anymore. Or just like the way people consume fashion. I mean, that's a lot of, I've definitely evolved my business. It's went from being focusing heavily on both wholesale and PR. And now I don't do as much wholesale because the retail landscape has changed. Mm. So it's a lot of helping people to navigate going direct to consumer. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a really good journey. Um, I am grateful every day that I got to do what I do. Um, sometimes it can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Working with different personalities is yeah. challenging. How do you um, manage to keep calm through handling as many people as you do and working with those challenging personalities? What advice would you give to anyone who has to kind of work through that? I think you should be confident in the service that you're providing to someone and not allow someone's own individual experience to cloud what you're working on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times where I'm listening to what pe what the feedback I get from clients. And recently my mom <laughs> said to me, I was having conversations with my mother, well, um, said to me like, that's not actually what's happening, Jessica. That's their experience of what's happening. Yeah. And I think that that can be hard when you, I am someone, I'm a Virgo mm -hmm. with a Libra rising and a Pisces moon. Jessica's also a very gifted astrologer, but oh, continue. Thanks. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I tend to come from a place of like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm something, I'm, maybe I can help them more. Maybe it's something I'm doing is, is not in line with what needs to be done and like it's there's always these moments of self-reflection mm -hmm. constantly but then sometimes sometimes you don't need that sometimes someone's experience is their own individual experience and it's not the actual collective of what's happening yeah um i think sometimes people come to it with a lot of baggage yeah that happens a lot i think a lot of times people they build these businesses and they put all of their blood, sweat and tears into it. And I'm kind of the last ditch effort before they decide <laughs> to like close a lot of the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's hard, like because I'm affordable and because I try to work with emerging designers, it's not just a person's business that you're dealing with. It's 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 everything that's coming with this. And like, I've been working on this for seven years. It hasn't happened yet. I think if I hire you, it'll suddenly happen. And like, yeah, that's, it can do well, but it, it also sometimes doesn't. I also know just from us chatting about our work that you've mentioned to me a number of times that Sometimes people have expectations that things are going to happen very quickly mm. when like all good things, things happen over time with dedicated right. effort, with willingness to try something for mm. a while. And I feel like every time we talk, I've always been very impressed by how you're able to kind of hold that space for your mm. client, even when they're kind of like in their ego or tantruming about why it's not going faster. Yeah. Um, did you always feel like you were able to hold that space for people or has that been sort of learned through experience? It's definitely been learned. <laughs> you know, I, you know, this also kind of goes back a little bit to your other question too, because there has been 
this entire experience has helped me grow so much as I think I've always been somebody who has been a good listener. I've been always kind of, I think my personality has been perceived when I was younger um, differently than it is now. Mm -hmm. I think when I was younger, because I tend to be very direct, you're perceived as like, um, how do I explain it? Just like too blunt or like I hurt people's feelings, but I tend to just be very like, People, but now that gift, people come to me because they want my advice. Yeah. So people tell me things now because they're, they, they know want that you to be blunt. they want me to be blunt. They want me to, you know, and I'll, I'll give it to them in a, in a gentler way. I'm not going to be like, this is garbage. You know, like, I'll, <laughs> like I'll be very considerate of, of people's feelings. And I, yeah. I think that ultimately, um, I can be a nice guiding force for people, um, but on a personal level, it, it can be very hard. Mm. Um, it's taken years of okay. trust. I do it. I do that all the time. So I was like, all right. Um, um, taking years of trust. It's taken years of just of, I don't know, knowing like being like, I have to, I want my patients. I want my clients to be patient in their business. And I also have to be patient in my own business. Yeah. And I have to know that like, I always think that like money is a renewable resource and that if one client decides to leave, there's always going to be other people that are going to come into the space and holding space for a lot of people. Um, when you're dealing with not only their business, but personal matters, sometimes like it can be really hard to balance that or, or these, when people do put these expectations, you know, I think anybody in a service-based business, no matter what you're doing, uh, you're a barista in a coffee shop to like running an agency, um, you're managing people's expectations constantly about like time and what the quality is going to be. And like maybe even their own participation in the process. Mm. So it's definitely been learned. Like I have a Mars and Leo in the 10th house. Like there's a lot, like you don't come, you don't come at me about my work. Like, like, like I know what I'm doing. And (laughs) if you try to, it's not going to go well. (laughs) So I think that, uh, it's definitely been a learned behavior. Um, and I'm grateful the fact that I started my business so young, not that anyone can't start at any time in their life, mm-hmm. but I've definitely given myself the last 10 years to like figure the fuck what's going on. It's amazing. Recently you debuted kind of a new branch of your business, like mm-hmm. a new line essentially that you're curating and putting out there, I guess is the word called rainbow unicorn birthday surprise. And as of the recording of this podcast, it's sort of been really doing quite well. I mean, I would say like kind of blowing up. Um, And I also know that you've been cultivating kind of a lot of the ideas for this for a little while. Um, Just curious, like, how has it felt to kind of be, and I know you're sort of at the beginning stages of it, but how has it felt to sort of be um, tasking both this new venture and shiny squirrel, even though they're kind of the same, they're, they're like siblings of each other. Mm -hmm. How has it felt to kind of step into this new place with your business very recently of this kind of new addition that like everybody loves? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, 
Well, Rainbow Unicorn Birthday Surprise, called Rubs for short, is a is a product line. It is really fun and colorful. It's a mix of jewelry and accessories. I'm launching some bags. Um, it's really been a good experience. You know, they sometimes say that like an overnight success takes 10 years. Yeah. And like that's what so true. this feels like. Like I decided that, well, I had I have a rental business. So the, the PR agency is divided up into a few different things. And I had brought in a bunch of stuff for my rental business um, that was my own brand that people could use for commercial jobs and TV and film projects because I didn't want to use, obviously, my clients' work in that. So I started to listen because I like to um, look at the runway shows and I like to see what's going on. And I started to listen to what stylists are or what they want and what they need for these gigs. So I started to bring some stuff in and... Then I basically changed the name over about a month ago, and um, it's been a really phenomenal experience. I've been able to do everything that I've – what I think how you run a business, like a consumer goods business the way, you know, now – I'm being able to implement everything into what I'm currently working on. That's so cool. And it's very rewarding to see – my ideas actually come to fruition and watch people get really excited and, you know, um, run ads when I want and, and mm-hmm. gift people when I want. And, and it's been a really, it's been overwhelming. I mean, I have to say like, we've gotten to some wholesale, but like most of my business is coming, like people just buying stuff from Instagram and Venmo, <clears throat> which is just like, amazing. not what I, you know, yeah, would have thought, but I'm very happy. And it's just, I started to think about, and I think this goes back to also like how we met, you know, we met in, in spring of 2016. It was after like, I went through a bad breakup and then, um, I was just kind of searching for new community and new ways of like handling. This kind of goes back to your, your question about anger. Um, I remember I was standing in McCarran park, talking to my mom on the phone, thinking like either I need, I'm just not happy anymore. I've been doing my business for a long time and it didn't even have to do with my relationship ending. It had to do with what, what brings me joy and what do I enjoy? And I think that we don't ask ourselves enough on a consistent basis. It's okay to have gone down a path that ultimately years into it, a career that doesn't bring you joy anymore. Mm -hmm. And how do you, transition not necessarily blow up your life if if you want to do that fine but if you know how do we transition to something that's going to like spark that path that we why we went down this path in the first place so we met in spring 2016 because I started to take some of your classes Mm -hmm. and I was learning tarot again I had done it when I was a kid but it was really nice to kind of find tools yet again to for self-discovery and Mm -hmm. just I think I go back consistently to tarot and astrology because it helps me to understand the energy that is happening around me so that I can work with my clients in a way that makes it um, where I feel not like I'm depleted and my cup is empty Mm -hmm. and that I can understand me like, oh, this is what's happening. So you're feeling like this. It doesn't have to do with me. I think so many times in the service industry, we take on. the other people's energy and that that was happening to me a lot so I remember standing in this talking to my mom and saying like I either need to go to therapy which I'm looking forward to going therapy this week it's my first time (laughs) amazing I know 
I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but, or I need to figure out better coping mechanisms to deal with this stuff. And so that's kind of how I got back into doing tarot. That's so cool. Um, and it was, it was nice too, because I met new people and it felt very fresh. And, um, and then I asked myself that question, you know, last three years, I think for a lot of people has been like a giant dumpster oh, fire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> We're yeah. all aware. Yeah. Um, <laughs> both sociopolitically personally my body um uh, sexually set, emotionally I mean, let's, like, let's yeah, all, all of it all, of, all it. of it um <laughs> but but I think that the last year a friend of mine asked me like well what do you actually like doing about your business and I mm. was like you know what I really like curating different things I like I'm very visual I mean I used to there was this Jap, there are these Japanese magazines called Fruits um, and I'm from sure it's still a magazine. My mom and I used to go to this Japanese supermarket in Edgewater, New Jersey, and I oh. used to buy, and then I would cut them up and create these books. It was literally Pinterest before Pinterest was wow. a thing. And like my mom still has them and I would like put together all these like looks and stuff like that. And I'm not it. like a fashion fashion person, but I like visual stimulation. That's why yeah, Pinterest really you're an works. artist. Hey, well, you, you are. Thanks. I mean, art history, like everything. Yeah, I think I think you have the artist side. Yeah, we can be artists in different ways. I'm not a. I don't actually do any art, but I. I think I have a good eye for that sort of stuff. Definitely. So yeah, no, I I think like launching Rainbow Unicorn has been very rewarding for me. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to balance it, but one of the things that I'm trying to do early on, which I didn't do for Shiny Squirrel, was ask for help. So I think that's one of the things that um, a lot of people don't do, you know, like even though we are manifesting eight of pentacles energy, I think it's also about not doing all the work by yourself. hundred percent, you know, and like understanding that sometimes that just because you ask for help doesn't mean that you're either not doing your business or it's a weakness of yours. So like my first step is like, I need someone like logistics and inventory management is a real thing. And I'm hiring someone to really help me with that so that I don't, I am not the impediment of my own growth. Yes. I feel like, yes. I want to just kind of dive deeper into that. Like a hundred percent, being aware and kind of checking in, like, am I being an impediment to my own growth? Is my fear, my belief, my Mm -hmm. contractions about money, about loss Mm -hmm. of control? Like, you know, I feel like everybody listening to this knows in some way or another you do that. Like I have the most beloved project coordinator, assistant helper to my business, like literally a right hand woman Mm -hmm. in my business. And I could never do any of it without her. her name is Iris. Um, and if you've ever emailed me, you've talked to Iris, she's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, we, Iris and I've been working together now for going on two years. And for the first year I was, I had to really work very hard when an email would come up in the inbox, like to leave it for her. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of work. And in fact, I feel like just very recently I've gotten even better at being like, that's that's part of her exchange. Right. And I feel like in speaking about eight of pentacles, it's really interesting that you bring this up because it makes me think something I've never thought of before. Who's tending all the rest of life so that that guy can be outside, like literally carving Mm -hmm. these pentacles. Like when we're doing, I'll refer to that as like your soul work. When you're really doing the work that like lights you up and the exact amount Mm -hmm. of work that lights you up, then 
there is this amazing thing that happens when you really start to ask for help and reach out for it and trust that you'll, the money will be there to pay for that help. I feel like that's like such a huge fucking leap, especially as someone for like you who like, you are not afraid to take it all on Mm -hmm. and do it. So I, and you can. So I feel like this step is really strong and really powerful for everyone to hear about like, yeah, you can do it, but that doesn't mean it's to be done. Exactly. Yes. And I, I, and that it can get in the way of your growth. I feel like since hiring Iris, my business has gone up like in terms of people being happier than being answered, like the quality of my mm-hmm. work, me being able to do projects that mm-hmm. maybe there wasn't room to do. Like it's been totally. amazing. I yeah. mean, you know, I have a, uh, my, off, my office is in Soho and I, um, the girl is going to be working. Sophia uh, is going to be working on my inventory stuff. She's also working two or three days a week at the showroom. And Bless Sophia. She's amazing. Um, love her. And God bless the project coordinators and assistants of this. World. I mean, the, when they're good, there's no finer. And I, mean, I think what happens a lot of times with people who have businesses, they have one shitty person that works for them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they shy away from it. They're like, Oh, well, I don't want to teach anyone. Cause that's like, it was a bad experience. And it's like, no, you got to keep going. I mean, like with everything, yeah. you have to keep finding the right fit it's yeah. a goldilocks it really. is totally yes. a goldilocks it's a goldilocks there's, moment there's the right one for every business and every person exactly there and really is i think that having a person that's able to go to the showroom and give me the time mm-hmm. to not have to be in that space yes. um i won't get into the nitty-gritty of what i do but like just not having these moments when i can like go sit at a coffee shop and like read a book or take a nap with my cats or just something else. Like actually live your life and be a person. Exactly. Instead of like constantly just because we work really hard doesn't mean we constantly have to be um, chained to that sort of work. And I think that uh, it's about working smarter, not harder. And I know it's like a very, um, it's cliche for it's a reason. A cli- it's cliche for a reason. There's yeah. a lot, why cliches exist is because they're actually they're true. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, agreed. Um, people have been telling me that for for a long time, but I feel like I finally and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about the money. Like money has always been. Um, I've never had a problem making money, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's there's not a fear that it's going to suddenly leave. Of course. You know, and I know a lot of people probably feel like that, but it's just like a very real like, oh, like, yeah, um, I can't just spend this type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I've worked so much in the last six months and I'm like, I'm, I need to, like, go on vacation. Like, <laughs> You deserve one. Yeah. I remember you texted me the other day about it and I was like, yes, bitch, go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. hard to vacation, though, when you're working for yourself, I feel. Uh, yeah, it's just more of like finding the right amount of money, like yeah. what is the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned something before that I'd love to go back to. I was not planning to ask you about this, but I, I can't, um, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't go back and talk about this. Um, you are, I feel like a very gifted astrologer. You really prioritize your education. You're always learning about it. You have so much to say. Um, and you mentioned that you're a Mars and Leo in the 10th house. And I feel like it would be really cool to talk about, um, 
I am always thinking about my Mars sign with my business mm-hmm. and it actually like helps me make decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and it helps me to understand a little bit more about how my business would actually like to be like if mm-hmm. it was like kind of a sentient thing then Mars in Scorpio in the third house, mm-hmm. which okay. is like exactly my thing. Yeah. I feel like very Mercury heavy talking, communicating, yeah. not so much about writing, although there's a little bit of that, but like definitely third house yeah like present but very scorpionic themes yeah and like that's kind of how Death i run transformation, anyway the whole like yeah. the whole thing yeah yeah so i'd love to hear a little bit not to put pressure no, spotlight or anything but like how can people like connect with their mars energy to help mm-hmm. clarify for them like kind of how they shine in their business do you think I think that mars energy is really well you know mars is really about your drive mm-hmm. and it can have an aggressive undertone, but I think it's really about where I think sometimes it's like, it's almost, it's like emperor. It's like how you work with describe emperor mm-hmm. where it's like the outward kind yeah. of manifestation. And then you have that. Then there's the other like reflection par- part of it. And another card, like I think with it, it has like a very um, when it pertains to your business, it's like where, where do I need to put my energy into to be able to move forward? So, you know, for me, a Mars and Leo, you know, Leo is ruled by the sun. The 10th house is your, uh, your highest point in your career. It's your fame. It's how people, it's it's your reputation, how people view you. Mm. Um, you know, for me, my Mars is very, more Mars and Leo is very important because people, view me at leos are very creative there's mm. they're also kind of the center of a lot of things <clears throat> so there's it can be not so great because there is ego that comes with it i think i am a humble person but i do think that like beneath it all i'm kind of like <laughs> you know don't you can't tell don't me. fuck with me with my business yeah. like you're not gonna come at me with that you know yeah. like and i think having that in the 10th house has been able to innate it, i think that has helped me to move forward and not and have an untethered <laughs> I don't know that's the right word to use to have a determination that most people don't have nothing sure. really you know nothing like gets you down nothing gets me down it's true it's like it's unbelievable you know we were just talking about this before we came on I feel like the interview about like I've had a lot of health issues over the last six months and the so level that I've been able to accomplish through all of that is is really exciting and it makes me feel like my going back to also my dating life like it's not awesome but Mm -hmm. and I'll always just like have my work Mm -hmm. and I think that that is not what I always want my life to be about Mm -hmm. I do want to have a family and do all that but like this has enabled me to really um, step into my place and I think that ultimately that's what will bring a partner in opposed to being on like a lower yeah. Vibration. And yeah. Well, you know, what's so funny is like, I, I actually like, thank you for that. Amazing. Um, Iris and I talk about this all the time mm-hmm. about how, like, and I think the three of us share this, albeit in different ways. I, um, often see and have complete, like, I don't, I don't have any judgment about this, but I will often see folks like kind of not do work because, or feel like they have to take a break from work mm-hmm. because 
um, of various reasons, which I think is so noble. And I've had to do that too. And there are moments when it is really fucking important, depending on where you are to kind of like opt opt out, tap out, delay, whatever. Um, but for the most part for me with chronic health issues, with mental stuff, with PTSD, my work is like part of what roots me back into mm -hmm. my reason for being on earth. And it's not even like from a workaholic standpoint, it's like soul purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think like some people, it's not that some people who really need a lot of space from their work, um, don't have that. Mm -hmm. But I do think that when you're connected to the thing you really want to do, mm -hmm. and I share this because, and this is like super vulnerable for me, but whenever I got sick, overwhelmed, like whenever something happened, I was not really able to be present for readings. And I often had to cancel or reschedule because mm -hmm. I couldn't like fake through that. And even then, I think I did a pretty good job. Like I used mm -hmm. to do readings with headaches, with cramps, with discomfort, like all kinds of things. Um, but with my work now, mm -hmm. I'm in it mm -hmm. and I'm able to be in it through almost anything. And if I'm not, then there's wisdom to it typically. But I think when you really start to like shed out what you're actually kind of not meant to be doing, but you think you're supposed to be doing, definitely, and which is like a lifelong process, there is so much joy that can be derived even in the face of discomfort, pain, et cetera. Mm -hmm. in, and obviously if somebody is like listening to this and they're like, I can't get out of fucking bed, like obviously we're, we're bowing to that. But if it's a question of like, we're feeling stuck, we're feeling meh, we're feeling mm -hmm. like we have a little bit of a pain flare up or there's a little bit of depression or a little bit of anxiety. Like I feel like work can be a very powerful core, this like right. this siren call that can bring us back to the yeah. sense of like, okay, like I'm in this. And I think like that's something sometimes that folks like miss because they don't mm -hmm. want to like do too much. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, sometimes it can, it's like the thing that holds you when everything else right. is swirling around, you yeah. know? It, it, it definitely gives you purpose. Oh yeah. You know, and I think that, um, and I think work is a very loose term. If your purpose in life is you are a mother and you want to raise your kids. Absolutely. And I think, so but right. I think that's, it's, I see it sometimes with women that I know who are trying to look, I firmly believe women can do it all. I just watched yes. baby boom. That bitch can do whatever <laughs> she wants. Okay. <laughs> I but, love baby boom. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. But I was I, just watching working girl the other day too. You know, I've never seen that. <gasps> Oh my God. We have to I have know. a pretty woman that we have to add that to the Willow Lady yeah. Hawk. <laughs> so I've never seen Working Girl and I've never seen Nine to Five. <gasps> I Jessica, know. This I is know. live this is on air. True, this is a true reveal. <laughs> this is the most intimate, vulnerable thing that's been shared on I this feel, podcast uh, today. I'm so sorry. Well, we'll take care of that. Yeah. We'll take gonna, care of it. We're going to take care of it. Yeah. There's no reason to, I understand. I hadn't seen Pretty Woman. Who am I to, you know. I know. So you were saying definitely not about, I, I think we're we just broadening the definition yeah, of work. Yeah, of what work is. I, you know, I see some women that I, that I work with, um, that are, that come into the showroom and they're, they're trying to manage what their career is, but then also being a mother and yeah. doing these two things at the same time. And so sometimes I really want to say to them, like, it's okay 
to have taken a break from your supposed career um, to raise your children. And if that's your purpose currently, I think that that's okay too. And I think one of the things that happens with a lot of people is they start something, and this I see it happen with people with a lot of their businesses, Mm -hmm. and they think that the current state they're in is what is forever. And I think that's what gives people, that's what dives people into depression. And that's what people, and anxiety is like, we, I am uncomfortable with where I am in my life. And so I don't see an end to it. Yeah. And so this is it. And this is why I, I, this is how I, I don't feel great. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons why I do astrology and tarot is that it kind of helps me to understand that like, well, maybe by the new moon, it will feel better. Or maybe this will feel better. And like using those transits and understanding that like what energetically we're all going through right now is Mm -hmm. maybe why this is happening. And maybe it's not all just centered around you personally. Mm -hmm. I think that taking yourself out of it can feel good. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh. I was having like a lot of thoughts about what I was no, going to it, say. No, but- it, it makes complete sense to me. And I think it's a powerful thing that like probably we could expand on for some time, which is like work is always the death, like the, the A, everything is always shifting and changing mm-hmm. and trusting in that. I think definitely I agree will always help to smooth out those contractions where we feel like, oh, this is forever. And it's like, it's not, um, and like, yeah, work is so flexible, like wherever we're devoting ourselves to is definitely. And I think I think one of the things when I think about eight of pentacles, it's like having the self-awareness to understand when you need to shift and change into working on something else. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't our parents or grandparents generation anymore where you got a job when you were 22 and you did that until you got a pension and you retired. Yeah. Like, that's just not what happens if you're yeah. 55 years old and you want to start like a flower arranging business, like you can do that now. Yeah. You know, like I think it's that really cool. it's having these moments of, I often like audit my life and think yeah. like, well, what is actually making me happy? Does this feel good? Um, it can be around the calendar year. I mean, we're in, we're just starting a new Zodiac calendar. So that's really nice. Yes. Like what, what is currently making you happy and how do you, and if it's not maybe finding and you can't change, like maybe you work at an urgent care and you just don't want to work there anymore, but maybe it's about, and you're really into baking. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Try to find time every day to like hit those points and like make yourself happy and figure out a plan for changing. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think too, you know, to anyone listening to this, I would also advise, and this is something you and I talk about all the time, that I think if you have time to worry about it, you have time to do it. And I feel <laughs> I like... I to take my own advice. <laughs> I mean, I do. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Like 100%. Yeah. You know, it's so important. I want to say we're almost at time and I hate it because I feel like we got to bring you back on. This has been amazing. Thank you. Um, maybe we can do a Q&A for people who I want love that. like... Yeah. Um, I want to spend a few minutes talking about your podcast. Oh, yeah. So Jessica is... This is like top news. I feel like you will have already announced that you're doing it yeah. before this comes out. Mm-hmm. But you are launching a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to get these fancy microphones. because I will are, tell you yeah, what they are. They are yeah, very nice. They I are feel... quite. They, I mean, there's good. We're always getting compliments on them. Yeah, they're really. They're also nice looking. They're nice looking, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, called the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. So 
one of the things that, so about two years ago, three years ago, this all happened in 2016. It was a very changing moment. Big year. Big year. Huge. Didn't feel great, but. No, it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would progressively get better, and each year has sure gotten, didn't. like, like good. I feel like it's gotten a little better, but I also feel like I've just gotten more used to the fact that now it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. We're the same age, too. We are. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you're going to be. Oh, we're a year apart. We're a year apart. Because you're turning 36, 36 in yeah. August. In August. And I will be 35 in, at the recording of this, five days. But I'm already 35 in yeah. the real, when it airs. Okay. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah, so. Podcast. Podcast. Mm. Thank you. Bring me back. Of so, course. So, um, I started the rabbit hole because one of the things when you work in a specific industry, you, I started to feel like I had no other way of, uh, building my network. And I'm mm. all about building community network. I have a son conjunct Venus in the 11th house. Like it's all about like the, the network in the community, um, and friendships. And so I started a newsletter called the rabbit hole because I wanted to have a way to dialogue with people and a way to like reach out to new people that wasn't so transactional. Like you give me money, I give you PR. I love that. Like tithing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things if you want, so one of the ways that I did it was like, I'm going to reach out to one new person every single day and I'm not going to make it about in exchange with them. I'm going to make it about, um, having a dialogue and showing people love to receive like a, just an appreciation note or something yeah. like that. And so I would always reach out to people and be like, I love your feed or whatever, like compliments and stuff like that. So I started this newsletter called the rabbit hole and it was really about an intersection of art design and self care. And it was mm-hmm. asking a bunch of different interviews. And then I've been doing that for a bit for last almost three years. And so now I'm going to launch a podcast because I feel like, that is the direction that technology is moving and the way people like to listen. And I listen to podcasts and you've been such a great support and mm. real encouragement for that. So I'm excited. Yeah. I think it should be really good. I'm so excited. When does it launch? I'm hoping in mid May. Okay. Great. Um, Everyone check went, it out. Thank you. Uh-huh. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole in the last month and a half. On so I'm coming hole. out of it like, what is happening? Yeah. But, um, which I think all of us felt like there was that meme that oh. went around that said it was January 74th. <laughs> yes. And that felt really real. Totally accurate. And then all of a sudden it's fucking April 1st. I couldn't believe how long we've been in March. Like, I feel that I've been in March for three years. I mean, yeah. it's April 1st today, but I but just, it yeah. was, it was, uh, Everything is moving very quickly. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I want to talk to people about um, how they intersect different parts of their lives together. Mm. And also a lot about, I feel like in the last three years, I've had a lot of conversations with people about transitions, mm. about them transitioning careers, um, merit, like relationships, like how yeah. people are going in and out of people becoming mothers, people uh, getting married, getting divorced, um, finding themselves uh I deal with a lot of women so mm-hmm. I want to talk to other women about the way that they balance certain things in their life and also like it is about that whole idea of like finding path finding purpose yeah. um and I yeah I'm excited about it I haven't Amazing. really it's gonna be good 
Oh, it's going to be incredible. I hope so. I mean, this interview has been a dream. You're such a beautiful communicator. You're so interested in people. Like, it's inevitable that the rabbit hole will be the best. Thank you. Of course. I really appreciate the support. Of course. Jessica, this has been a fucking dream. Where can people find you, follow you, keep up with your work? So you can find me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's at the shiny squirrel. Um, if you want to follow Rainbow Unicorn. Everyone does. Okay. It's at Rainbow Unicorn Birthday Surprise. So, yeah. Um, and then you can, I also have two websites um, and you can find them through that. And then uh, The Rabbit Hole will be a podcast that will be out everywhere, mm-hmm. wherever, wherever podcasts are Wherever living. podcasts live. Yeah, yes. that's right. And people um, can, they can sign up for your newsletter at theshinyscroll.com. Yeah, they can Great. Do that, yeah. And so then you can, and you know, say hello and interact. I love getting, um, I love talking to people. So you do love, it's that Libra rising. It is that Libra rising. Seeking partnerships. I love it. Yeah. I'm like a Virgo rising and I'm like, go away. (laughs) Please don't talk. It is like, I I do find, uh, it is the Virgo rising, but I do find also like, I have a lot of Aries in my life, probably because Aries rules my seventh house of partnership. Mm -hmm. So like, you're one of my best friends, my other best friend. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's also an Aries mm-hmm. and my ex-boyfriend was an Aries. And so <laughs> <laughs> I find that like when they get overwhelmed, like they just go stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, they're yeah. like, I went back into my hole. Yeah. It's and true. I'm cocooning right now. It's so funny because I feel like a lot of people don't really like, I think Aries is like one of those signs that's like literally in every meme that I ever see about it. It's just that we like, like sports, like people are pretty uncreative about it, but I think that's very, I think that's very accurate. Aries can get very overwhelmed, but I think, I think when they're just busy and they're they're just trying to figure stuff out, it's, they're not the communicator Uh -uh. of of their emotion. It's like, Oh, I'm going to internalize everything. Yeah. And then I'm going to try to figure it out. I'll try to figure it out. Yeah. And I also think if I may, I feel like for myself, maybe this is me and it's not a lot of Aries, but I can multitask maybe like three to four things. Mm. And usually a lot of things have to drop off the plate. Mm. So it's, I feel like I've gotten better at this this year because Mm. I've really been making a conscious effort to be like, you can respond to a text and caretake this, that, and the other. Right. Like you don't need to go a week and a half without saying hello to someone who's texted you. So I've been holding myself a little bit more accountable for that. Mm. And I'm finding like I'm evolving, like I'm totally changing. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I feel like I found that it came from this place of like not wanting to let anybody down. So I just did it. So, so I just let everyone down. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to let one person down. So I just let them all down. (laughs) Everyone down. I mean, truly. So I do feel like Aries can also like, yeah, they're not, we're not always great. It's like, we're very direct, but then when there's overwhelm, it's hard to kind of find the words. Yeah. I I think that it's, um, well, if you think about it, it's like a pre-verbal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We can scream like little newborns, but <laughs> yeah. Um, this has been so beautiful, Jessica. Thank you so much thank for you coming for on the me. podcast. You'll be back. I I I know. Yes, yes. I will. Yeah, I you know. will. You know what I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.